Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of All the Books is sponsored by Third Love. Bra shopping is a drag, but what if you could skip all the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? Check out Third Love. Their Fit Finder quiz recommends the bra that's right for your size and shape. Now you can try one of their bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for the shipping. You go to thirdlove.com books to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days for free. That's thirdlove.com books. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 133, and today we are talking about books being released on November 14th, 2017, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow cat mom, Jen Northington, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hi, Jen! Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's your turn to watch me. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I brought my Girl Scout kit. My cats are somewhere murdering each other. Everything's good. It's like you getting cats has been like the highlight of my year. <laughs> well, you are the best cat aunt of ever. So my for those of you listening at home, my cat Petra Liberty sent a little care package and it included these like round little like fuzzies covered in glitter sparkle thread fur. I don't even know what they are. And I can't find them anywhere else, but Petra's obsessed with them. Like she carries them around the house and like sings to them. It's amazing. Well, I paid thousands of dollars to have, you know, cat incantations placed on them for that very reason. <laughs> so the cat explains so much. Yeah, so they'd be crazy. They're just so funny. And as soon as I turn on Instagram, I'm always like, what are Jen's cats doing? <laughs> what are Jen's cats doing? Yeah, that's what it's, it's a delight. For. You know what else is delightful? <gasps> Winning money our to a bookstore. Yes, I was just going to say our $500 giveaway is super delightful. Um, This giveaway is going on through November 26th, so you still have plenty of time to enter. And we are giving away a $500 gift card to the bookstore of your choice. You get to pick. You get to pick it. How cool is that? Um, I can think of so many things I could buy at a bookstore with $500. Um, it is open internationally. So wherever you are, like, and you pick your bookstore and we'll figure out the exchange rate and make it happen. Um, so you should enter. You go to bookriot.com slash bookstore giveaway. That's bookriot.com slash bookstore giveaway. And again, that's open until November 26th. So go and enter. I want to see what people get. Like, I know Amanda and I have to share it. Right. Like you should be required to take pictures and post them somewhere we can find them. Because yeah. I want to see too. $500 can get you a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's exciting. We can't mm-hmm. enter. So we're just going to live no. vicariously through other people. Correct. Which is a shame because I don't really have many books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not like the structural integrity of your house is being threatened or anything. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend last week finally said those three little words to me that, that I was waiting for, which was no more books. <laughs> no. <laughs> I laughed really hard, you know, because like, whatever. But, you know, he was kind of like, um. 
And I have to admit, it's it's a little crowded in here. Mm. My office, like, I just keep stacking books in front of stacks, in front of stacks, so that, like, I'm slowly, like, being cornered in front of my desk. As long as you can get in and out. Yeah, that's, that's what matters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's fine. Like, if the floors give out, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's an adventure story. That's right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of books, I should probably tell you about some... It's another mm-hmm. great day for books. Like, I, I've said this before, but, like, I feel like publishers are putting out amazing titles further into the year than they used to. You know, they kind of used to, like, hold back on the, the big releases at the end of the year because of the holidays. They didn't want anything to get lost. But now, everything is amazing every Tuesday, including my first one, which is The City of Brass by S.A. Chakabordi. It is a new fantasy novel, the first in a forthcoming trilogy takes place in 18th century Cairo it's about a woman named Nahiri Neri I don't know how I don't I can't figure out how to pronounce her name it's N-A-H-R-I um she's sort of an unconventional woman she's 20 years old she's like I said she's living in Cairo um it she doesn't have a husband she likes to go out to the coffee houses at night so People think she's kind of suspicious she also used to be a former pickpocket and she's still running some cons she works lifting curses and diagnosing illnesses, supposedly, sort of like a fortune teller. Um, and But she actually has the ability to look at people and see what's wrong with them. But for some reason, doesn't really seem to think this is a big deal. But she knows, like, if other people knew about this, they'd probably run her out of town as a witch. She also speaks a language from when she was young. Um, she was, she's an orphan, and but she has this language that she knows, and, no, and she doesn't know where it came from. She doesn't know where she's from, but no one around her speaks it, so she kind of keeps it to herself. Um, And it gets her in a bit of trouble because she is holding a sort of sham uh, incantation. There's a 12-year-old girl who is uh, very despondent and distressed, and they don't know what's wrong with her. They think that, you know, she might be possessed because, of course, if she's sick, she must be possessed. Um, So Neri decides to show off and sort of do this whole speech using this uh, language that, you know, people don't really know. And uh, it, it reminded me of Buffy, like, Xander, don't speak Latin in front of the books. <laughs> because yeah. she accidentally summons a jinn warrior uh, named Dara while she's, she's doing this. Because it turns out that the 12-year-old girl is actually possessed. She is possessed. So not only does she come up with a jinn, she has some mad, angry spirits who come out of the girl um, and the jinn saves her from the spirits. His name, like I said, his name is Dara. And they become friends because, you know, hey, he saved her life. And he tells her about the legendary city of Brass. And she decides she wants to see the city for herself. The fact that there are some angry spirits in Cairo who are out to get her now um, doesn't, you know, dissuade her at all from going. And so her, but her arrival in the city of Brass will have some serious repercussions and she will learn that court politics are even more dangerous than magic. It's a bit like Harry Potter. It's a bit like the Gollum and the Genie. It's a bit like the X-Men. It's action and adventure and magic and romance and social commentary. There's a whole thing about how uh, some of the people in the city of Brass don't want humans to, you know, to have children with Jin and... It's just so fantastic. The the um, Dara reminds me a bit of Sigurd from the Robert Jackson Bennett books. And the next one is called Kingdom of Copper. And I have no idea when it's going to be out, but I will 
be anxiously awaiting. Again, it is The City of Brass by S.A. Chakabordi. There. Awesome. I have that book on my TBR. I'm going to read it soon. One day soon. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I started talking and I realized I've never actually said the word gin outside. Out, outside? <laughs> I only say it inside. <laughs> I've never said it out loud. So I'm like, I hope that's how you say it. No, you said it right. Hopefully you don't summon one by accident. Don't like t- say any strange words, okay? Like, <laughs> I did, keep it to English. <laughs> I did drink the largest Red Bull I've ever had right before we recorded, so it's possible. No, no, no summonings. <laughs> um, well, for something entirely different, I'm not good at segues, you guys. I, you're going to miss Rebecca because I am not a segwayer. Um, but I just finished recently... Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich. I finally know how to say her name because she was on Recommended and said it herself because I've been saying it wrong for actual years. Um, but her newest book is, it's it's bonkers. Um, it is, it takes place in a sort of frighteningly near potential future where uh, the main character, whose name is Cedar Hawk Songmaker, uh, she's 26 and she is pregnant And this should not be terrifying, but it is because all around the world in this sort of future, uh, women are giving birth to babies that are like seem to be genetic throwbacks to pre homo sapiens people humans except they're not humans if they're homo sapiens i never know what word to use like they they have different brain structures and different physiology and like they they don't have the same vocal abilities and it's just like it's weird and everybody's freaking out and like governments are falling and religious you know fanatics are going crazy and like everything is intense so she's pregnant and she's also adopted. She, um, her adoptive parents are white um, in Minneapolis. They're very liberal. They're like, she loves them and everything. But she's pregnant and she wants to know if her baby is going to have like, are there any genetic things that she should know about to keep an eye out? Aside from like the potential that her baby will not be a homo sapiens. Um, so she goes to find her birth parents. And she also like, as she's moving through the world, is trying to, like, stay off the radar of these crazy, like, new pseudo-governments that are rounding up pregnant ladies and putting them in, like, basically pregnant lady jail and um, separating them from loved ones and nobody knows what's happening to the babies. It's really, like, if you are pregnant or planning to get pregnant, do not read this book. It's your actual nightmare. Um, and so, I, I, like, really, it's, I mean, I am not pregnant, nor do I ever plan to become pregnant. But I was just like, oh, man, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. And it, it is. It's a, it's a sort of near future dystopia look at what it means to be giving birth in a time where literally nothing is certain. Like, you don't know what's happening with the world. You don't even know what's going to happen with your baby. And it's it's really intense. It reminded me, the reading experience reminded me a little bit of Station Eleven. Not that they have it all the same style, because they don't. But that sort of look at a future that seems so plausible and feels so real while still being different enough to give you like that separation. It, it has some of those feels to it. Um, and, and Louise Erdrich obviously is amazing. I've read a bunch of her books. I've been reading her for years and she, she doesn't often do 
what's the word I want? Like, she writes a lot of um, contemporary fiction and historical fiction, like super realistic fiction. And every now and then she'll throw one out that has more, like, fabulism or, you know, magical realism or science fiction to it. And this is one of those. And she, But she's always amazing. Like, she's always super, super good. And this book is a look at what we have done to the environment and what the environment could do back to us. And like also what what does it mean to be continuing this species it's it's really it's got a lot of action but it's also very thoughtful and I was totally gripped from the first to the last page like and and I know I have talked to a couple of people who like actually know science about this and the premise apparently gives them like the the angries um because science doesn't work that way like but that's correct and nobody in the book is actually like there's a lot of crackpot sort of weird maybe plausible but not really theories that get thrown out in the course of the book and it's never actually established like what is actually happening so you just kind of have to go with it and she's not trying to like say that this is realistic she's just like what if this was a thing how would it be to be a person in that world so that is the future home of the living god by louise erdrich who is amazing you should read all of her books but you should definitely read this one very nice yeah she's pretty great yeah i mean did you know she's written 16 novels that's so many novels yes i remember she when i was a kid she was really big at the library my mom worked at. Like, people loved mm-hmm. her. And at the time, I tried reading one of her books, and I was like, this is this is too adult for me. <laughs> like, someday I'll grow up and I'll understand all this. But I was like, what is happening? So, would you like... Um, I'm not even going to ask. We've stopped asking. We're just going to say, could you please tell us about our first sponsor? <laughs> I would asked be... me, and I said no, so no, yeah. <laughs> We don't want to have a repeat of that. <laughs> I, I would be delighted to tell you about our first sponsor, especially because I'm going to give Liberty the squirmies. It is Uncle John's <laughs> Bathroom Reader, which I think is delightful on multiple levels because... Cover your ears, Liberty, and start singing. I was a bathroom reader in my youth. I will admit it on on the record. Um, and I was talking, I'm going to give you guys a secret. So for Recommended, which is one of our other podcasts where we interview uh, interesting authors about their favorite books, I recently interviewed John Scalzi. He's going to be on a forthcoming episode. This is just for you guys to know. And he used to write for Uncle John Reader, uh, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. And now I only can think of it as being Uncle John, as an Uncle John Scalzi, which I don't know that he will appreciate. But it cracked me up when I learned that. So if you are looking for fun trivia to impress your family and friends this holiday season, you should look no further. Since 1987, Portable Press has provided facts and trivia to those who crave it with, crave it with the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader series. Um, they've had over 15 million books sold, and it is the longest-running, most popular series of its kind. You can flip through any one of the books and choose from a whole host of topics, including unknown origins, forgotten history, strange news, pop science, dumb crooks, word play so much more you will be entertained and you'll know a whole lot more about the world around you and this year they're celebrating 30 years of bringing trivia to the masses and they are not slowing down yet so if you want a dose of trivia you should go to portablepress.com slash all the books and you can get a 20 page free sample of the new 30th anniversary title uncle john's old faithful bathroom reader or you can follow them on social media at portable press for more trivia and frequent book giveaways so yes, you want to go into the bathroom or just sit on your couch and learn something that you didn't know already, you should definitely check out Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Series. Thanks for sponsoring the show. 
That was I was worried there for a second. Like I don't. Know. I did not make any bathroom jokes. I did. I don't think that I we've didn't. ever discussed on the the podcast that I don't particularly enjoy bathroom humor or talk. So thanks for <laughs> telling everyone. Um, Sorry. And, but you were like, uh, you know, I used to be a bathroom reader, and I'm going to tell you a secret. And I was like, oh no, this is this is, this is terrible. What's going to happen? But hey, it wasn't that bad. Nope. <laughs> it was the opposite of bad because John Scalzi, yay. He's amazing. All right, so there are no segues today. Like, nothing. Nope. None of these books are similar in any way. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to move on to our next one. It is Beasts of Extraordinary Circumstance by Ruth Emmy Lang. This is her debut novel. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying this weekend I read a book, a comic trade collection called Shirtless Bear Fighter, which is exactly... <laughs> What it sounds like, it's about a guy who is orphaned in the woods, and he's raised by bears, um, and grows up, they, they betray him, and he grows up to be a shirtless bear fighter. It was the most ridiculous thing, and it was exactly what I needed. Um, but this book, getting back to the book at hand, is about <laughs> a boy who is raised by wolves, or I should say, he lives with the wolves from, like, when he's 10 uh, and on. Um, his, his name is Wailing Gray, and... This book is a rotating sort of narrative and cast of characters uh, of just people who have been a part of his life at some point. Um, he's a very unusual man. When he was born, it snowed six inches in June. Uh, and then as soon as, as he opened his eyes, it stopped snowing. Like, it jumped six inches of snow and then it stopped. Um, at another time, he stopped a tornado. And that's when he realized, hmm, I'm not like other people. Um, and he also has a unicorn pig named Merlin, who is pretty magical himself. Um, and it goes back and forth between when he's young, he meets a young woman in the woods when he saves her from a wolf, and they become besties, and then there's a part where he's older, and he lives in a cabin, and not just wolves, but all kinds of creatures think he's amazing. You know, he has magical sort of kind of spiders that weave these webs around his house, and there are these fancy fireflies... Um, and all kinds of weather and strange weather happenings go on when he's around. It's a really a charming, magical story. Um, it's, you know, heartwarming and it's also very sad. It's about family and love and unicorn pigs. Um, it's, you know, it's it's very twee and sweet. And I enjoyed it immensely. Again, it's called Beasts of Extraordinary Circumstance by Ruth Emmy Lang. So, unicorn pig. Is that literally a pig with one rainbow horn? Is it rain? First of all, is it rainbow colored? No, I'm very sorry to tell you he doesn't have a rainbow colored horn. Okay, but it's, Not it's that a I pig remember. With, with a <laughs> no, horn. like, I don't know. I read these things. I, I re actually read this for a book of the month judging, so I read it, like, nine, ten months ago. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, well, then I will excuse you from remembering exact details about the unicorn pig, but that's something I'm going to have to look I, I kind of just want to lie to you and be like, actually, it was, <laughs> it was bedazzled. Like, how <laughs> sparkly is the unicorn pig? I need to know these details. These are important he won't, details. He won't let him sleep in the bed because he gets glitter all over everything. <laughs> Amazing. I'm just like writing unicorn. We're just writing unicorn pig fan fiction right now. I'm into it. Um, okay. In a much more depressing choice, um, my next pick is, the, excuse me, is the book of resting places, a personal history of where we lay the dead by Thomas Mira E. Lopez. There are no unicorn pigs in this book. Um, it is an 
Is it a memoir or is it an essay collection? It feels to me more like an essay collection, but you could argue that it is both. Um, it is about the author's uh, struggle to come to terms with his father's death. Uh, so his father died, like, you know, of, of disease and had to have brain surgery and all of these things. Um, so taken before, you know, the end of his natural lifespan. And the family had a really hard time deciding what to do with the remains. So there was some sort of, there was a lack of closure about his father's actual body, but also um, Thomas had a lot of emotional lack of closure around his father's death. And so each of the, I guess it is essays, each of the essays in these in this book takes that um, lack of closure from a different angle. And it is, it is like, like if you've read Caitlin Doughty, you know, where she's looking around the world at burial practices, this is not actually the same thing. This reminded me a lot more of um, Leslie Jameson's work where the author is using sort of a personal lens and bringing in outside um, facts or history or you know archaeology or or tourism or whatever to look at this this deeply ultimately deeply personal question. So he does things like he goes to the the this cryonics institute in southern Arizona where people freeze themselves um, like or or their heads or their pets heads um, to like get reawoken when medical science catches up to their goals. Um, he talks about the Roman catacombs and like the weird bacteria that's growing down there. Um, he also goes to his family's burial plots um, outside Rio de Janeiro. His family, uh, his ancestry includes family from Brazil. Um, and so there, you know, he's sort of moving around the world and, but it's all centered around his own experiences of grief and not really knowing what to do with it. And, and like a lot of essay questions, you're not, I didn't love like every essay. Um, I didn't agree with certain conclusions he came to, but I found myself very gripped by the writing and by the weight of the emotions that he put onto the page. It felt very, even when I was like, well, I would not have come to that conclusion I was also like but I can like I can feel you I can feel the emotional truth of what's going on here um, and he is a very good writer and it was like a very it left me very thoughtful about the way that we deal with grief and the way that we can not deal with grief and and every reference to his mother by the way was amazing like I want to meet this woman she sounds amazing like not certainly not a perfect person but like every story he told about her I was like she is fascinating like I would read a whole book just about her like if it, so Thomas Mary E. Lopez if you are looking for your next book like I want to hear more about your mom just just saying um but yeah, so if you're interested in, in readings um, that include grief, as well as history and mythology and personal narrative, this is one you definitely want to pick up. So again, that's The Book of Resting Places, A Personal History of Where We Lay the Dead by Thomas Mira E. Lopez. Well, all right. Not to be a downer. Sorry. Dead stuff. That's okay. Uh, my next pick is called Mother of All Pigs, but now <laughs> it'll be Mother of All Unicorn Pigs. Um, it's Mother of All Pigs by Malu Halasa. It is a fantastic novel from Unnamed Press, one of my favorite indie presses. It's about contemporary life for Middle Eastern women. It takes place in a small Jordanian town, and it's about the women of the Sabas clan. The patriarch is the town's only pig butcher, which is a source of problems for their neighbors. 
Um, and tensions are high in their town because of the Syrian conflict. It has everyone on edge. And it's just a look at these, these four women um, and the generational gaps between them. One of the women is, is the butcher Hossein's niece who is visiting from America. And the, the difference between her and the grandmother and, you know, all their beliefs and what's going on. Plus there's like some secrets and some regrets and some grudges that are being held. And then a soldier from Hussein's past shows up and he needs protection. And the women decide, have to decide if they want to protect or expose him. And that also leads to conflict within the home. It takes place during in multiple narratives. And it's about the complexity of Middle Eastern life. Um, you know, the choices that people have to make, and also a look at family and love and politics. It was really great. Again, it's the it's called Mother of All Pigs by Malu Halasa. And pigs, pigs, Could pigs. you, could you tell us about our next sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> I can! Yay! I, I'm very excited to say our next sponsor is Creatures of Will and Temper by Molly Tanzer. It is a Victorian-era fantasy inspired by The Picture of Dorian Gray, uh, which I... Have you ever read that? I have never never read it, but I feel like oh, it's referenced I in, have. like, a million things, like Pennywise it, and... It's short. It would take not, you, like, wait, five... Pennywise it would take you, like, five minutes. Penny Dreadful. Pennywise is the clown. <laughs> <laughs> but, you Same know... Same difference. Yeah. So it's inspired by The Picture of Dorian Gray, and it's about a fencing enthusiast named... Evand, Evadne, I'm going to go with Evadne Gray, and her younger sister, who are drawn into a secret and dangerous London underworld of pleasure-seeking demons and bloodthirsty diabolists, with only Evadne's skill with a blade standing between them and certain deaths. I feel like since I've been doing my Buffy rewatch, like, everything reminds me of Buffy. But I read her book, uh, Vermilion. You might know that one, Molly Tanzer's book, Vermilion. So fantastic. I'm completely obsessed with the cover of this book. It, as soon as I saw it, I couldn't stop looking at it. I don't know if you've seen it. It's so absolutely great. Um, and she's so fantastic. And the author herself, Molly Tanzer, she took fencing lessons from former U.S. Olympic Committee Fencing Coach of the Year, Gary Copeland, in researching the novel and incorporated her knowledge of Yang-style Tai Chi and Shaolin Kung Fu to create dynamic action sequences. Like that's going above. Whoa. That's going above and beyond. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. That's pretty um, cool. Also, you're right. This cover is amazing. Yeah, I was like, yeah. it's it's so fantastic. Imagine if it's like this is part of my job. I'm gonna poke people with sharp sticks for a while. <laughs> like that's awesome. So again, it's called Creatures of Will and Temper by Molly Tanzer. It's out from HMH Books, and we thank them for sponsoring. I'm all for like Victorian fantasy with stabbings. That's a that's a subgenre that I enjoy. I will say. Um, okay, my next pick does have some stabbings, but it is not Victorian. It is uh, contemporary. It is Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. It is the first in a new series called Rolling in the Deep. Haha, <laughs> get it? Um, and. <laughs> This book, okay, this book is about killer mermaids. Let me just, like, set it up right from the beginning. So it starts off with you finding out that um, there's, a, like, basically, like, a sci-fi equivalent, uh, like, entertainment company. Um, they're called Imagine in the book. 
And they get famous by making like B-movie horror films and all of these like mockumentaries about supernatural creatures. So like cryptids is, is their thing. So they send off a crew to the Mariana Trench to film a mockumentary about mermaids and the ship is lost at sea with all hands and this snippet of footage comes back and it's like mermaids killing people. But everybody believes it's a hoax for ratings except for that literally the whole crew was lost. So there's like court battles and all of the um, families of the people who were on the crew are like, like they sue and it's a huge mess. Um, and now it is seven years later and they are sending out a second expedition. But like this time they're prepared. They're going to prove that these killer mermaids are real. They're going to figure out what really happened. But it's all a big secret. Nobody can know until they actually figure it out. And on that crew is a young scientist named Victoria Stewart, whose sister was on the first boat. So she's got like a very personal vendetta here. Like she has turned her life to science. She has spent like all of her graduate student and like, and science life uh, at this point, um, looking to try to find evidence because she knows these creatures are out there. She believes that her sister was killed by mermaids. Um, like saying these sentences, it's like, it's very serious in the book, but it feels silly to say it out loud, but it's, <laughs> it's very serious. It's very serious. People died. Um, and there's a bunch of other cool characters. You meet Victoria's lab partner partner, Luis, who comes from a family with like lots and lots of money. So he's been helping with funding. There's a young woman named Olivia, who's sort of like the, she's like a cosplayer, Comic-Con talking head personality person. So like she's the face of geek entertainment. And so she's sort of the, the woman behind the camera um, for this. And she's also autistic um, and has like some, you know, like personal issues that she's working out. And then there's a really awesome set of sisters who are all different kinds of scientists. And two of them are twins and they're deaf. And like there's a great sort of integration of that into the plot, into the science, although I don't want to say what. Um, and listen, guys, like you're going to meet characters and they're going to die. Like it's super sad because some people die and you're like, no. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when you send a boat after a bunch of killer mermaids and don't adequately prepare there's also a pair of like big game hunters a husband and wife team of big game hunters who are awful but like also the book is like close third person so you kind of get inside their heads and it's weird um and <laughs> yeah I just like I read this so fast it's like it's page turning and it's like there's lots of action and you care about the people and you don't know what's gonna happen and oh my gosh like it's very very super readable and this is my first Mira Grant ever which I know is probably surprising because people have been telling me to read her for actual years um, slash Shauna McGuire. So, you know, same person. Uh, but I think her Mirror Grant stuff is more of her cryptid work, if I'm remembering correctly. So if you like mermaids and horror, if you are into like cryptozoology, if you like fast paced adventure sci-fi, all of these things you will find in Into the Drowning Deep. Again, it's the first in a series called Rolling in the Deep and it is by Mira Grant. I definitely, okay, also, I, I play this phone game called Abyssrium where it's like, it's the most soothing game in the world. You just like have a little coral reef and you earn points and like get new fish and you tap them and they give you more points so that you can get more fish and more like seaweed and coral and stuff. Like it's super soothing. But after I finished this book, now I open up the app and I'm like, 
oh, I'm suddenly very nervous about the ocean in my phone. <laughs> True story. This book uh, made me nervous about my soothing phone game. <laughs> uh, womp womp. <laughs> that's, that's, my other, that's my other fear, like bathroom humor and things in the water. So, <laughs> oh, Don't read that book, Liberty, then. Do not, I will, like, you never want to go swimming no, ever I totally, again. I, I'm very excited to read it. You haven't, yeah. you haven't read the Wayward Children series? No, I know, I know. It's crazy. No, I know. Oh. I just haven't. I just haven't gotten to them. But someday. now I'm going to get to more of them. Someday. Yeah, someday. Mm-hmm. My last pick is called "The Wild Book" by Juan Valoro. It's translated by Lawrence Schimmel. And apparently, Juan, I did not know this. Juan Valoro is a very celebrated, award-winning Mexican author. Uh, this book actually came out in 2008. It has just been translated and is being published by Restless Books, another of my favorite indie publishers, but it mm-hmm. sold more than a million copies in Spanish. Like, it's it's a well-known, beloved, middle-grade book. And I was trying to pick, like, there were so many good books out today, I was trying to pick my last one, and then I was like, well, when in doubt, go with the book about books with supernatural powers, because, like, who doesn't love books about books? So it's about a young man who is also named Juan, and he's 13 years old. He's very despondent because his summer is a bummer. His parents have separated, and they've decided to send him to live with his uncle Tito for the summer. And he really doesn't want to do that. Tito is boring, and he lives in a library, and that's not going to be any fun at all for Juan. Uh, but he goes and he lives with him and he, like, walks among the stacks of books. And one day he notices that... The books are moving on their own, which is not something you see every day. And when he confides in his uncle that he, you know, thinks he's seeing this, his uncle explains to him that Juan is very special. See, he's like the chosen one. See, it's all Whoa. about it's all about Buffy. Um, it's, <laughs> he he is he has special abilities, and the books respond to him magically. And his uncle tells him he needs to use his powers for good and find the legendary, never before read wild book. However, there is Pirate Book who is hip to Juan's powers and will try and stop Juan from finding the wild book first. It's so much fun. If you like books and you like books about books, it's great for anyone at any age. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, he's the book chosen one, basically. It's like Shadow of the Winds or like Mr. Penumbra, the early years. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's really fun. So, again, it's called The Wild Book, and it's by Juan Valoro. I finally have a segue. Also, <gasps> speaking of magical middle grade books, yes, segue. Um, my final pick for you guys is one that is on my TBR. It is Witchwood by Tahara Mafi, and it is a companion book to Furthermore, which, like, I'm I'm the next on the list at the library for this book. Um, so if you're not familiar, Tahara Mafi, super great. She writes YA and middle grade books. I have seen her present at, let's see, I think it was GeekyCon, like, three years ago, and she was amazing and she's super good on social media and it's like a travesty that I have not read her before and sometimes I don't know if this is true for you Liberty but sometimes I find that when a second book in a series for a book that I've been meaning to read comes out it gives me like that extra nudge to like finally get to it Um, because it's so easy when we have so many books to read just be like I'll get to it someday and never ever get to it so finally I am getting to the furthermore books the first one furthermore which came out mm, yeah 2016 so last year 
was about a girl named Alexis who is has to go into the magical land of Furthermore to try to find her father who disappeared like three years ago. Um, and it's very like Alice in Wonderland meets Diagon Alley. And one of our Get Booked listeners referred to the series as Diagon, Diagon Alley on cocaine, which I was like, well, okay, this is a kid's books. So like, let's let's rein it back. But but that's like the kind of weird, like twisty, magical vibe that these books have. Like, if you look at the covers, you can definitely tell that that's what you're getting into. Um, and so that book was about Alice. And the second book is about a new character named Laylee, who her mother is dead, her father is like checked out, gone, and and then she has she's like the only person in this village um, who is uh, she's a mortisure, which means she like prepares the bodies of dead and prepares their souls for the afterlife. Um, she's also turning into silver, which is not a good thing, you know, if you want to stay alive. Um, and then one day, a pair of strangers appear in the village, and her whole world is turned upside down. Um, and so this is, you know, if you love to visit magical lands, if you love stories that are like some of your classic favorites, but more diverse in particular, um, this is definitely one series that you, well, two books, one series, that you want to add to your reading list. I'm super excited to dig into these, especially because winter is the time when I want to like read all of the middle grade fantasy like it just feels very mm, both escapist and healing in some way where you're like I'm gonna pretend that all of the problems are like 12 year old problems that are related to magic like that is just a nice place to go to in my brain especially in the winter time so that's Witchwood which is the second book in the furthermore series by Tahara Mafi have you read those I have not yeah. I, I read her her other series. I read the first book in that. One. Shatter Me? That yes. One? Yeah. That one. Yeah. Amanda is a huge like Amanda That's will why not I read shut it. up. Yep. Yes. Amanda <laughs> loves Tara Muffy. So it's like it's criminal that I haven't read more of her yet. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, what are you gonna read next? Aside from those, I did finally get from the library Autonomous by Annalie Newitz, which is like pirates and submarines and drugs and robot love, like from what I understand. And I'm super excited about it, especially because um, she was also a guest on a previous episode of Recommended, which you should go listen to. Um, that is a good episode. She talks about a book that she loves that's like this bonkers sci-fi craziness. Um, and she she gave a great interview. But yeah, I'm excited about her book. I just saw, I get Warren Ellis's emails and he just read it and was like raving about it. And usually Warren Ellis has pretty good taste in books. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to read that, Autonomous. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. What about you? I'm actually, I'm going to tell you my, I think you already know my story, but I'm going to tell you my little story. Um, so I read a lot of, books on my laptop. We download a lot of galleys. And the book that I am in the middle of reading is called Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, a tragic comic memoir of genius, heroine, love, and loss by Stephanie Whittles Walks. And it's about her brother Harris Whittles, who was a comedian, and he was one of the writers and producers of Parks and Recreation. He died of a drug overdose last year, uh, or two years ago now. Um, and I was in the middle of reading this, and all the tears, just like, just, she's just laying it all out there you know she's Oof. angry she's upset and it's it's not like a lot of memoirs I felt where it's like this is the what their life was like she's like I am so mad 
like all the time. But also, you know, her brother and she were very close and it's amazing. So I was reading it and the reason I had started reading it was because it was going to expire off my computer because for some reason, even though it comes doesn't come out until March, it was like going to expire and they had taken the download down off Edelweiss for some reason, which usually means they're fixing something or changing something or whatever. So I was like, I need to read this today. And so I started reading it and I fell asleep. Like I went to bed that night and I was like, I'll finish it in the morning. But my computer had updated when I got up and I lost it. And I was very no! sad. I was like, oh, in the middle of the book. I really hate that. So I was very sad and I got up and I went for a walk and I walked to River Run Bookstore, my old job, my to see my old friends. And while I was in there talking to my boss, the mailman came in and he handed my old boss a package and he's like talking and he like opens it. And I see that it is the book that I was just reading. <laughs> I snatched it out of his hand so fast. He was like, I didn't even see what that was. I was like, well, then you're not going to miss it. <laughs> and so I took it because I was like, it's a sign. Like stuff The universe wants you to finish it. Seriously. And it, it's, it's really good. You know, it's very sad. Like I said, I just cry all over the place, but it's very good. So, mm. so that's it. We made it through our first show. We did. Did it? No, we've done this before. We have. Wait, we right? Oh, wait, I think we did do it one time before. One other time. One other time. Yeah. Well, I am now going to do the wrap-up, which I don't <laughs> usually do. <laughs> it's, it's new stuff for Liberty all day today. So, that is all for us. Thank you, Jen, for joining me today. And thank you again to our sponsors. Go to thirdlove.com slash books for your free trial. You can check out Uncle John's Old Faithful Bathroom Reader and Creatures of Will and Temper by Molly Tanzer. They are out in bookstores today. Wherever books are sold, we'll have a link to them in the show notes. And don't forget to go to bookriot.com slash bookstore giveaway by November 26th to enter in the $500 bookstore giveaway. If you want to tell us something, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Uh, I am Miss Liberty on Twitter. Jen, do you still use Twitter? I mean, nah. not really. Nah. You can find me on Tumblr, though. It's jenirl.tumblr.com, and it's Jen with two N's. All right. And if you would like to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating. It lets other people find bookish content and lets us know how we are doing. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, because really, seriously, Jen and I could talk about books <laughs> for another 37 hours... Uh, we, mm -hmm. But we don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And now, Jen, do you know how we end the show? Wait. I think I do. All I right. think I do. Are you ready? In, I'm ready. In the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Okay, I'm